Can you say that again? <laughs> Let's kick this bastard off. Okay, good. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen, and I'm feisty today. Yes, it's going to be exciting. I don't know about that, but it's going to be something. Do you think it's because it's Halloween that you're feisty? Oh, it is Halloween. Yeah, those pesky kids. Do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters? No, not at my house. Oh, are you the grumpy old guy? No, I'm not the grumpy old guy. But everyone, you know what? I've lived in the neighborhood long enough that all the kids have grown up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so it's like a, it's a, it's a, there's not very many. You can come over and pass out candy at our house. Can I? Yeah. You have kids. Yeah. I bet your kids are all ecstatic about it. Do they get excited about Halloween? Um, so on the drive in, they were planning out the route through the neighborhood. No way. They wanted to take. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> I mean, you. when did you sort out outfits or costumes? That's probably... I hope uh, weeks ago, yeah. weeks ago, yeah. I have a question. I saw this morning um, the number one on the news show. The number one outfit is anything related to uh, Frozen. Do you have anyone that's wearing anything related to Frozen? That no, Disney movie? we no. don't. No, my daughter's ten, so she's into the. She's a pirate princess. Oh, uh, that's like a twofer. That's a pirate yeah. princess. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she's emphasizing the pirate more than the princess. More than. Yeah, she's in that transition stage. Well, she's got the, the two. Tween. Well, she's got the two brothers, right? Yeah. So, what are the two boys doing? Uh, the oldest boy is something from Minecraft. Oh my God, Josh! What are you? <laughs> look at you! I'm so proud. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I am. <laughs> oh my God! And then the youngest is a Ninja Turtle. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Minecraft. What have you done to them? They're in, does he play games like that? Well, it's it's like Legos in a virtual world. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I know you really don't know what Minecraft is. I don't know what. Okay. I'm faking it. Thank you. Thank you. You exposed that metacasters <laughs> that I'm absolutely clueless. Yeah. All right. So our topic off of Halloween, besides Halloween, maybe we'll is how to manage some. how to manage the the handouts, the candy, uh, how to balance the candy in one's bucket. Yeah, kind of like that capacity in your team. Okay. How do you fill it appropriately without getting too many cavities? I think you just. I think you just shove it down their throats until they squeal, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so we're at an interesting point here at the Dude. We had our official sprint number one three weeks ago, so we're in the middle of sprint number two. Get, yeah? All right. Nicely done. So here's something I want to throw out at you. Um, I didn't like this approach, but it's the approach they took. So oh. just want to see what you think cool. about this. Cool. Um, in sprint planning, they decided they wanted to pick some random capacity number that they thought was right. For the first sprint? Yep. They said, we're going to do 50 points. First sprint? Yep. First yep. sprint. That's what we think we can do. Okay. Then they size things. Um, actually, excuse me, they had things size, so we had done, we call it refinement, not grooming. We call it back on refinement. So that's, we that's, you know what, that's the appropriate term nowadays. You yeah. Know that? yeah. So I've heard. Yes. So I've heard. So, so we've, nice conversion. We have refined the bag. We have adjusted. Yes. And we had our stories refined. Everything was sized. Yes. So how are you sizing things? Uh, story points, Fibonacci-esque. So you're using the full Fibonacci. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the planning poker cards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's Fibonacci-esque. 
uh, and you sized everything, okay, and then you just, you know, you just said the team guessed and said we have 50. Right. Okay. So the discussion I had with the scrum master after that, and at the end, I'll give you my opinion. I think it sorts itself out. So they got to 50 points in the planning and just said, okay, we're full. Oh. So the question I had is, did we, in drawing that arbitrary line, did we just set some ar- some arbitrary limit, or should we just have planned and still, until we said, okay, we think that's enough? The team should have planned until it, you know the answer, I think. And it's not, this is like, this is just basics, but, you know, you plan until you're full. Right. So the 50 is a guess. Right. Like, if I was doing release planning and we had sized a backlog, and we had not run a sprint, then we would guess and say, it's 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's pull 50 things if it's four sprints to the release. I know you don't like release planning and stuff, right. but I would have done 50, 50, 50, 50. Right. Now, the first reality, so then I do this game sometimes. You've seen me do this in sprint. You know, what did you what did you estimate, and mm-hmm. then what did you deliver? Right. Uh, but, but that estimate is always based on what, you, it's not the guess, it's what you can plan. So I want the team to plan. Right. So you guess 50. If you plan 30, then 30 is the right answer. If you plan 70, yeah. then 70 is the right answer. Plan to your, you know, plan plan till everyone is full. So I had a bad reaction to that at first, but then as I thought it through later that night and the following days, I think in the end it will sort itself out. Only if they pull work in. Because you, so I think the team has to pick a norm, has to draw a line in the sand. There are some teams that draw a line in the sand around story sizes, and they normalize on those, and then they figure out what their capacity is. Right. We normalized on the other side. So will we will we auto-adjust as we go what our story point value really is as far as a lump of work? So your velocity, and you're saying that. what is your velocity? Yeah. So there's let's separate points and velocity. So, so there's estimation, and then what are we? What are we, you know? What is the point? What is our velocity in points? Mm-hmm. You know, I worry that they. Again, I'm not coming on your team. This is the Medicare, so right. we're just. Yeah. I worry that the team is setting up this artificial boundary. Right, and we talked about that. Like we are, like tre- teams traditionally do, yeah. and it's insidious because it's not. It can be subliminal, mm-hmm. and you and you. And now it's your first sprint, so now we're setting up this subliminal thing where fifty we're padding, right? Or we're setting up a comfort zone. Right. I, I would want to, and I'm saying this because it's a new team. As a coach, I would be emphasizing right away. I'm like you. You have to give the capacity you have. Right. You plan to what you think you can do mm-hmm. to your doneness. Right. And you deliver what you. If you have time in a sprint, you deliver more, or you deliver. You deliver what you can. And you right. Work, you work hard. Yeah. Uh, you try to work on throughput. So, so the the number almost comes out at the end. That right. fifty is a guess. Work to your capacity. I would worry that that team might not stretch. Did they stretch? We have, so that's one thing that the... So what was their... Was so, 50 was the guess. What was their velocity? Uh, we ended up delivering, like, 35. Okay. We had a we had a story that just exploded. But that's... Co- it's, yeah. it's, that's so, I mean, it's not cool, but... Right. My gosh, that's learning, right? Right, yeah. That's learning that we, we allowed something in that was too big. Mm-hmm. So that's a good... I'd like that to learning yeah. to happen in the first sprint. 
So so then it's thirty five. So that's cool. So did they plan? So what was the magic number for the second sprint? So that was another interesting debate because we had unfinished stories. Oh crap! Yeah, really. So we had about so twenty points of unfinished stories, and we don't get partial credit. So you right. so is that the way you guys are handling it? So here? we are not doing partial credit. So we talked to the team and said, okay, with those leftovers, the unfinished, do we resize the work that's left over and put that into the sprint? So what did you do? Or do we leave it at its current size and essentially overplan the sprint? So after much debate, we ended up leaving them sized as they were and putting them in and overplanning. The what reason. Is, what does that mean? So knowing that. So if you had a five point story and you had four points of it done. Mm-hmm. What did so you said you didn't get credit for the five points, you didn't even get credit for the four points, correct? So that five point story carried into the next sprint, it had roughly one point of work, whatever that means, but it had a weight of points of five. And he and here's why we did that so the planning effort is one, right? But the weight is five, but the weight is five, so you would get credit for the five in the second sprint, right? Okay, how did so and you but you just planned the remaining work, correct? So the 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 thought is taking a step back. And over time, the average velocity will be correct, right? So, that, hey, we're not worried about this one sprint or this one sprint. Let's worry about that's, that's, our overall capacity. That's the way I coach it. Right. And so then we'll have a better idea of what our real average velocity is and what we think we can really do. So there well, was a lot of debate about what the right thing to do because you end up doing the mental math and like, well, okay, so we plan 60 points, but we really only have 49 points of real work, so we're okay, and the team has to juggle I like some the stuff mindset around handling it that way. Yeah. It's sort of the, it's not done. The other thing is then, you know, in your retrospect, is work to reduce your continuation stories, right? right? Look, work hard mm-hmm. to eliminate continuation or make it a minor so that your turbulence or your velocity reduces over time. Right. And if you take that rolling watt three sprint, four sprint average to your point, which is what you're supposed to do. Right. Then it then it sort of washes out over time. Yep. Well, I like that. So yep. so I think that's the right thing from a mindset. It's not a math thing. It's a mindset thing of getting right. work done. Right? Well, and it's the mindset of not panicking or getting too happy about a single sprint. Exactly. Right. And looking at the totality of the work that that group can do, even at an organizational level. Yeah. So not even at a team level, but at like your boss level. And I have seen. I've had bosses that we had a good sprint that was a higher velocity than we had originally planned. And they want to auto-adjust the plan for the rest of the the year. For the rest of the year. (laughs) Like, no, one is not a trend. Exactly. In in either direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't get too perky about, about, you know, individual sprints. It's the trending that matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice start, though. Yeah. It's not a bad start. I've been real happy with it, and, and we directly addressed the point about, hey, did we set an artificial limit, and is that really the right thing to do? At the end of the day, we had some folks that panicked around how to figure out that first sprint, and that was the choice that was made. Um, I didn't like it, but the team was going in that direction, and I was treating it as, well, we'll treat this as a lesson learned. You know, we have smart people on that team, so I'm not going to... Yeah. panic about things like that. Yeah. So I actually like we're gonna stuff that. like that in the beginning where you're you're getting this balance not just of points but you're understanding your velocity, you're making some mistakes, but you're understanding the basics of, you know, getting things done done done. Right. Uh, planning as a team, uh, maybe stretching where it's appropriate, the yeah. occasional that stretching is okay. Yeah. Those behaviors, I'd like to surface those behaviors early on and get folks understanding sort of what the right tempo is. Yeah, the other interesting thing that we've been wrestling with a little bit is 
the concept of stretching. So what I want is I've said to the team, we actually call them squads here. This old Spotify thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Later. So, so the squads. Yeah, the squad. We can cover that at a later date. Um, I want them to have a win. I want them to have a burn down that gets to zero. Yeah. Right. And, and but and the interesting thing is that human nature of well, we need to fill it all, and or we need to overplan. Whereas what I'd like to do is say, well, let's commit that we know we can get these four things done, and seventy five percent of the time we're going to get all those things done, and then let's pull things in. So that so that stretch concept I've found is really hard for folks to get comfortable with because they feel like they're padding or I don't know what that mindset is. Waterfall human with. nature is that we fill actually an extent, right? And you almost have to deprogram that, I think. And maybe it's just in our DNA that we want to, we're competitive right? and we want to fill everything up. But yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I'd rather, that notion of what under plan and over deliver that those words, I think, are really healthy, agile words from, from some perspective. But it's amazing how many people really struggle. So people are more than willing to say it, but doing the it. action of doing it, yeah. there's some mental angst that we're all born with. That it's like, yeah, you feel like you're not doing good enough when, in actuality, you're doing the right thing. Well, so the other thing is optimism, right, versus right. realism. Like yeah. we're, we're inherently optimistic, so we're always looking at sort of these sunny day paths mm-hmm. for things, and and then we fill based on. That sunny, that sunny day view. Um, it, I, I would agree. I, I mean, sometimes as a coach, I've just said, I've just drawn the line and said, particularly for new teams. I mean, this is something you have to grapple with with your scrum master. That you have a shoe team. You have a even if they're really, really experienced, right. they're, they're an entry level team here at the dude. So you may want to put some prescriptiveness in there just to just to see how they behave. Yeah, and say we're only going to let you plan at fifty percent of your capacity. So whatever you think it is, cut it in half. We're going to plan at that, and we're going to focus not on 20 or 50. It's not the number. It's how quickly you get the stuff done, how well you will get it done, how we swarm around the work, and then we'll pull things in. And if you can behaviorally, then then you show them that. And sometimes sometimes as a coach, I've just cut it. Like a team is wrapped up around the, uh, what, the filling? Right. And the estimation as opposed to the, what's most important is the execution. Right. That's the, the estimates sort of don't matter at some fundamental level. Uh, and I've just said, do half. And, and like people are like, they're shocked by that. It's like, right. well, holy crap, do half or do a third or whatever. And then we'll work it out as we go. So you can try, I would say try experiments. I mean, feel free to try experiments like that. And tell the team you're, you're experimenting, right? Right. And, and so, that, so that's another interesting debate is infusing a culture that enables the experimentation yeah you know one of the things one of our goals and I've actually reworded it lately is because we're going to be spinning up a bunch of teams yep that the goal that I have is originally I worded it as a consistent velocity I've changed that and I've changed it to a reliable velocity because to me a consistent velocity says 50 points. We do 50 points every and time. And you're playing it safe. And you're playing it safe. And what I want to do is I'm working on some sort of, because, right, we're a growing company that bonus structures and metrics and yep. things like that, that that's, that's important to parts of the organization. So I'm working on something that 
standard deviations of some sort that enable the team to fail and try things. And did you just say standard deviations? I did say so standard deviations. Do I? I'm I'm almost going to jump out of this chair and smack you. Whatever you have to. From do. a metrics point, we're going to. Are you, Josh? What? The, I'm with you. Just let yeah. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So try to. So, so we're so not going to math. You are not going to mathematically try to predict any models for your team, are you? I don't want to predict models. What I have to do is provide a measure for metrics upstream that makes sense. <laughs> Not saying I like it. Um, no, no I understand. Yeah, I'm just so playing. that's why what, what I so I want to enable teams to miss. Yeah, I want them to try yeah. things. I want them, and this is something that we've talked about a couple sprints ago. I think in one of the sprint plannings. No, it was yeah, it was a, it was the last sprint planning where I got on a soapbox for like five minutes and like we need to be comfortable failing absolutely, and we need to try things because if we don't try things, we'll never have a well, huge and game. It's one of the side effects of that planning. If you think it's fifty and you plan to fifty, you're not going to. You're focused on hitting the fifty. You're not focused on risk taking, experimentation. Right. You're not fo- you're not focused on reducing. Actually, you, you look at every point as being equal. I'd want a team. So you plan an eight-point story in the sprint. Try to make it a two. Not by writing crappy code, but by negotiating it down because you didn't. Ne- you never needed the eight. Right. The two is good enough. Mm-hmm. I was in a class not that long ago. Uh, where was it? Oh, just in the last couple of weeks. I forget where I was, but I was, I was asking people, you know, how many people are comfortable with good enough? Mm-hmm. And out of a room of 100 people... And I was shocked by this, Josh. Like three people raised their hands. So that meant everyone, so good enough, which in, which says doing less than a requirement, you know. But the customer said it's good enough. Right. So that was the premise. The premise is it's an eight-point story, but during some time you, you deliver three points and the customer says it's good enough. And I'm like, how many people are comfortable with that notion? Yeah. And hardly anyone I, was so comfortable I, with So that. yesterday I had a great moment with that where I wanted to hug our product owner. So... We're going through a rebuild project, so we have some older apps that we're rebuilding with newer technology, and we've been working towards a minimum viable product that we've thought, hey, we need to build these 10 things to have a minimal viable product that we can take and sell to people. That's a subset of everything the old product has. And they went, they talked to customers. Oh, that's a nice start. And they did that for a while, and they came back yesterday and said, you know that MVP? We don't have to do half of that. See, we can sell it with half of what we thought we could do. And I was like, this is perfect. That's, that's the discovery. That's what you want. But, but so many folks, we set it up like we're trying to do this prediction model rather than what the, you know, the reality model right. or the just enough model. And just enough works. It's like we have to just achieve it. We have to be open-minded to it. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a, that was a beautiful moment. I mean, and that's, not, that's on the, the product owner side. I would bring that logic into the design side or the testing side of things. Right? It's it's not just logic for, yeah. for the external customer. It's like, what's the just enough design? What's the just enough test? The architecture, the just enough architecture, yeah. the evolutionary architecture yeah. is something yeah. we're admittedly struggling with because we have folks that haven't been there and done it that way. It's like, okay, so we need a security service. And they architect out a security service for everything we need for the next five years. Like, well, no, we just need the security service to do these three things. Yep. And then getting comfortable with doing that and knowing that what you think we're going to do for five years might not 
come to reality. You know what's neat, neat as a coach is you could use that product owner experience again, not against, but use that example. Like tell stories. Yeah. Like did you guys realize that we thought it was ten from a product perspective, and they were open, they were listening, and they were open minded because this is a change. Because mm-hmm. saying ten is easy. Right. Going to customers and realizing it's only five is sort of a risk, and it's open minded. It's harder to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Bring that logic back now. What are we? How are we? How are we going to do that architecturally? Right. How are we going to take that same logic from a testing? If they can do it, why can't? Right. Why can't we do it? Right. It's just as hard for them to to minimize. Yeah. As it is for for technologists to minimize. Are we on track with our t- our subject? I think we are, but yeah. we're doing pretty good. We've talked about how we've filled the the capacity. If you're starting, yeah. Do you draw a line in the sand and fill yeah. to that? Um, We've talked about taking on too much work, maybe not enough. You talked about the concept of, as a coach, letting them plan 50 and say, no, we're doing 25 yeah. and do that. One interesting thing that, as we've had this discussion around capacity and velocity and what a point really is and what it isn't and all those things that go around that as a team that's forming, um, we had this debate that one of our newer folks brought up is a three-point story as we think of it today will not contain the same amount of work as a three-point story in six months because we've gotten better. We know the domain. We know the architecture. We can just run faster. So that was an interesting Are you doing? Viewpoint. Are you doing um, reference stories? At all? Well, you, you're too new to do reference stories. We had a reference story that a... For, for us, a, a one-point story, as I remember it, was one field going from database to front-end. That if we just have, so we're work orders. If we want to add a new field to the work order table right. and on the view in whatever endpoint it is, be it an API or a web front. But that's sort of a app. description of what it is. It's right. not really a story story, right? So so reference stories to me, and that's why I said you're too new. As you, as you sprint, yeah. I would recommend you find, I don't know if you've done this before. I've gotten good traction out of it. You find the perfect three, yeah. or you mine for the perfect. It's not perfect, but you mine for a three, that, and it's not just a three. It's a three that turned out to be a three. So it's a three that went in as a three, and it came out as a three. Right. And the team agreed that hey, that was a pretty good three, and you put it up on a wall, and that becomes your reference and a five. Yeah, we are there. Yeah, we 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 don't, you don't have, have enough traction. Yeah. But as you yeah, get traction, seed seed the wall with those reference stories. Now, I think what I use then is the term, we, we calibrate to the references, and then I re, and then if you find, like, that, I think that person is right, like, in three months, you may need to recalibrate, but right. then you recalibrate to your, re, you, if you have reference stories, I think it's easier to recalibrate, mm-hmm. and you can almost go back, and, and I know you're, I, I want to see how you react to this, but you as a leader or someone, your scrum master can go back and adjust your velocity so that you don't have... So you're not starting from scratch. So if you have a baseline mm-hmm. of, so you can you can do it. I'm 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 not saying you would base release plans on it. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking about the but it's, but mechanics you, of it. But you you don't have to go back and say, oh crap, now we have to start from scratch because, you know, the eights are no longer eights; they're threes, and we have to throw out all of that historical velocity or learning, and we have to start from scratch. I think if you have baselines reference stories right. and then you adjust you may not even adjust all of them you may say you know what we, we really messed up with 13s yeah. and adjust that then you can sort of go back into your historical data I'm, I'm not saying fudge it in any way but right. but you can adjust it for forecasting and things like that so I want to throw out something that I've been 
wrestling with myself that I realized that I made a pretty big boo boo, and I'm trying to unravel. No, that. no, yeah. Well, um, you're my role model for coaching, man. Because you live in the real world. I don't always live in the real world. You live in the real world, baby. So we had our first uh, sprint review a week and a half ago, and a whole bunch of the company showed up. The team was nervous because there were more people than they expected to be. There was, like, standing room only. There was a lot of excitement. Cause well, that's, was, that's good and bad, yeah. right? I mean, that's more good than bad. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. It, yeah. it yeah. was all good to me. Yeah. So, um, but I bet that. Well, you, it's not just a... You have new hires. Yeah, these are. This is not just a new team. These are. These are new. Aren't they a lot of new hires? Yeah. So we we so we introduced the team. Well, they introduced themselves, and then I said, "Okay, raise your hand if you've been here less than a month." And like three people raised their hand. I said, "Raise your hand if you've been here less than two months," and all but like three people raised their hand. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, so what? So what happened? So, I gave an intro about what a sprint review is and why we're here and what we're doing and how they how they can engage, right? That was one thing that I said is that Agile works when you engage. Yep. So step one is you're here. Step two is ask questions. Yeah. Now, later, whenever, yep. we're going to open up the kimono and say, here it is, we want the feedback. Then I had a slide that said, this is our measuring stick. And I showed the burn down. And so what I believe I did incorrectly is that a, succe- a successful, pretty burndown means we did well, not delivering business value. So what I want to do is I've got to work to undo that and reseat people's so thinking. So is your question, your, you, you shouldn't have shown the burndown or it said the wrong? I think I should have sh- shown the burndown, but I put too much emphasis on... If this is pretty, we've done well. I would agree. If if you did that, I would agree. Yeah. So it should always. Be, I screwed that up. Yeah. It should always be. Well, and this is a data centric. I mean, I know the yeah. dude. Yeah. So it depends on your culture, but in this culture, if you have a data centric culture and you and you put too much emphasis on the burn down, yeah, then yeah. You, you may so have to, you may yeah. have to undo that. <laughs> yeah. So I so I screwed that up, and I've been addressing that as yeah. quickly as I yeah. can. I'm going to have to undo that, but. Um, I think that's a common mistake a lot of people make yeah. is they focus on the burn now, just like we talked about with the team focusing on hitting that fifty points, yeah. you know, and not maybe stretching for sixty and trying and failing. Um, so one thing I've got to do is try and reseat that as what matters is business value and the re- and the demo itself, right? I mean, it's right. like the the acceptance. The did we hit the highest, which is what you're saying? Did we deliver the highest value? Is it working? Um, did we uh, do we not have to make adjustments to a lot of it? So is it sticky? Mm-hmm. Even after the review, are folks applauding as opposed to giving you a lot of constructive feedback? Because right. you could have gotten that during the sprint mm-hmm. and fine-tuned during the sprint. Uh, and, and even de-emphasizing. So sh- show show the burn down, yeah. Show velocity, yeah. Show velocity trending. I like doing that. Mm-hmm. But... but that's not too much. Not too much. It, yeah, yeah. No, it's always to, to your. It's always about the value. I always like to emphasize to progress to release. Do you mm-hmm. know, I hope I'm making sense. Mm-hmm. so. If your progress, whatever our next release goal is. So how are we? So to me, it would be burn, there would be a burn down that I would want to emphasize. Uh, not so much points, but how are we? If you have a what a release train of four sprints, mm-hmm. uh, how are you progressing to the train? 
and then how right and are we delivering value to the train right. and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's something I've got. I create a lot of work for, yeah, for myself. It's new. It's a yeah. new. It's a new team. It's yeah. a new organization. I mean, it, it, you're going to have lots of learnings and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I love the atten- the attendance is cool. Yeah. I'd rather. Josh, do you know how many times I've heard sad reviews where I mean, the world is full of sad reviews where teams review to themselves, yeah. and they literally have to bribe people like, to come—not stakeholders, but just anyone—to right. come to the review because no one really gives a crap about it. I mean, that's just sad. So I'd rather—I would always rather have the reverse problem. Yeah, of I, interest. I was, yeah, it's like to, to me, or if, even if I say the wrong thing and sit there, I would—I would rather be unwinding things mm-hmm. than than like have crickets in, right. <laughs> in empty chairs. Yeah. It'd be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing I know I've got to work on. What about here? Well, let's keep the dude trend going for sure. a little bit. I wanted to talk about uh, technical debt. So seating backlogs, t- talking about capacity, it's not just features. And I know you guys aren't there, mm-hmm. but maybe you're there. But it's like, there's a, how, do we, how do we seed capacity with other work? So maintenance work, bug fix work, technical refactoring, technical debt stuff. That's something a lot of teams struggle with as well. Like uh, I think, yeah. in terms of keeping a balanced backlog, are you guys? Are you, it's too. Are you too new to? Yeah, be we're not there yet. We're we've thrown out the numbers. I've used this in the past of seventy thirty split. Yeah, seventy percent focused on new stuff. So feature stuff um, on infrastructure on whatever non-new stuff we need to do that's yeah. most important. Bug, refactoring, whatever. Now, I can't say we've always performed at that level. Right. And that was the target. We've, we have we always found ourselves in some crunch because there was some commitment that was made outside of our control where, yeah. hey, we, we, we told these 10 customers we've had this feature by this date. Yeah. It's like, okay, so that's going to increase technical debt that we will have to pay down at some yeah. point. So, yeah. We'll have to. So then, at that point, you've got to look at the average of seventy thirty, yep. right? Are we averaging seventy percent and thirty yep. percent? Where there might be some sprints where you're ninety ten, but in subsequent sprints, you've got to pay that back. Otherwise, you end up digging yourself in a very deep. Yeah, hole. I mean, I don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's I don't even average it. It's, it's sort of are we like if an entire release, it's a hundred zero. That that's the level that I would be start getting concerned at, right? It's or, or to, you know consecutive releases where we show no maturity in investing in the product, uh, but it's not at a sprint level. Uh, so so you're not quite there yet. You've no. historically done, but right. even then you've been talking to your. It sounds like you've been talking to your product owners to set the mm-hmm. the stage yeah. for seventy thirty or whatever. Yes. Yeah, we've been trying to set that tone to ensure that we don't end up in a similar spot where our only solution is a complete rewrite. You know, where the debt wasn't paid down for such a long time. Right. That there is no refactoring yep. option. It's a rewrite. So and that's a bigger, what a, scarier thing. Yeah. Let's wrap this Medicare up. I was in a uh, Medicare's, I was in a coaching retreat, a Scrum uh, Alliance coaching retreat here in Raleigh for the last four days. And, and we had an interesting open space we ran an open space yesterday, mm-hmm. and there was a topic that I, I attended, and the guy was talking about the language we use, and in agile language, mm-hmm. and he was using terms, and he said some of the terms are, are dangerous, and he started at the top with the parent term of agile. It's like, you know, just the term agile, and I don't know if we can reframe it, but can be is overloaded. It has speed as a connotation. He was talking about scrum. 
is not the you know not the best term. Uh, scrum master mm-hmm. is not the best term. Uh, grooming versus refinement is mm-hmm. not the best term. Uh, and then velocity was one of those things that that and and story. So you have velocity plus story points and the notion of points. And I don't know if that's our best friend. And we were recrafting it to things like capacity. So I've I've found that in my coaching, I'm starting to use throughput and capacity more it, as a as a. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to get away from using the term velocity. Yeah. And use the term capacity more in my language. Yeah. So that aligns with the big A versus little A push that I'm on. That there's so many folks that are doing big A agile. The by the book and the you know this this is what I've been told to do and I'm like that's not what agile is it's people over process and you're putting process first and the process yeah. trumps everything so that's been that big thing that the the little a community has to embrace and evolve and begin pushing so I think velocity and story points I mean it, it is they are a slippery slope they're not bad I like I know what they are. I know what the, I know how to use them in a healthy manner. I, I know some dysfunction around them, uh, but I think the language around them is tough sometimes. And I'd I'd rather reframe it to some degree because it does create, and it's upward. It does create some angst upward right. to leaders and misuse, like the burn down. Why are you, mm-hmm. why were you concerned about the burn down chart? Right. Yeah, because of velocity, because of points, because of mental misuse of right. that or misunderstanding. And uh, I think there's these softer words. It was an interesting open space, and and I think this metacast we've circled around some of those words. Uh, I'd, I'd say be careful with velocity, mm-hmm. or define it like you, you know. So if we do use these dangerous words that people can misinterpret, we ought to stop and have a teaching moment of fifteen minutes and say, "Let me explain to you, like what velocity is and the notion of continuation. Like, what would turbulence be in velocity? Mm-hmm. And that's an easy one. What if what if you rip a team apart?" Or what if you have attrition? I mean, velocity's. I think velocity is incredibly fragile. Right. That's one of the reasons why I, I want to de-emphasize the term, because it's it's a fragile thing. I mean, of course, you know. T- so it's not even the team's performance. I can make I can make burn down charts change just based on what all kinds of dynamics interrupting the team maintenance right. bug fixing right. attrition sick illness snow days <laughs> snow days. <laughs> it's like it's. I mean, let's make a list of the things that could affect velocity. And it's a, it's a large list. That was I just thought I'd share that because I, I think I I think language matters, and I think if we start reframing some of this stuff, like your little way big A, having those conversations, I think mm-hmm. matter. Did we did we kick, did we kick it? Do you think? I think we did. Cool, we did. How do we how do we end this sucker? How it's been we? so long. I know. It's Josh's fault, everyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, did I throw you in? The, oh, we're a team, and I threw you under the bus. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's Josh's fault. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's fine. I can no, live with that. I know. No, no, no. It's it's Josh's fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to get in touch with us, you found us somehow. So just to make sure you are aware of all of our other channels, Twitter, Meta-Cast, all spelled out. Our website, Meta with a hyphen, cast.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. Please leave a comment. Leave a, a review. Those reviews and comments help us get seen by others because that's all we want to do is is help people. So you can help us achieve our mission by sharing it out and getting the word out and questions, any feedback. We want to hear it, please. 
Oh, and one of the things I'm going to do, I'm going to have a shout-out. I was in Medellin, Colombia last week at uh, the Agilis Conference in South America. Yeah. Uh, 700, almost 700 Raging Agilis, which was just outstanding. What I'll do is I'll tweet and I'll share the Metacast with our partners in South America. Yeah. So, hola, welcome aboard, and I'll, I'll make sure uh, folks were really interested down there. I've got a, a lot of new followers. Yeah. So hopefully we can start getting some hits in South America. That would be cool. Buenissimo. That's yeah. Italian, though, I think. That's, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw them out there, Josh. <laughs> See what I have to deal with, everyone. <laughs> so uh, we're open to all ideas. Get in touch with us. Let us know what's going on. So I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Goodbye, y'all.